Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Tanya Winchester. Dr. Tanya has been practicing as a naturopath doctor since 2007. Now, as a brain-based transformation coach, she uses contemporary neurological reprogramming techniques to help women overcome burnout, stress, anxiety, and fatigue. Essentially, she helps them calm their minds, sleep deeply, and find joy and energy in their lives again. Dr. Tanya, welcome to the space. Hi. <laughs> you did it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation. Well, thank you. I'm so happy that you're here and your bio. So it's a very short part that I picked out of a very nice long bio of who you are. Uh, can you give people a little bit more background about who you are? Sure. Yes. So by training and experience over the last 15 years or so, as you mentioned, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Basically, I'm working with natural remedies and lifestyle changes to get people back to a state of health. And I run a clinic in the small town where I live in Canada on Vancouver Island. And we have a team of multidisciplinary health practitioners here, all with the same goal to get our community as healthy as possible. And more recently, fascinated by how our brains can create change for us and how we can use really cool, new, contemporary uh, rewiring, re-circuitry training techniques to get people into a place where they're able and willing to take care of themselves. That's really a big fascination point for me. Mm, able and willing to take care of themselves. <laughs> Using those words is a really big distinction, though. Yeah, able and willing, a hundred percent. And what I would find in my practice as a naturopathic doctor, we would I'd meet a new patient and we'd sit and we'd go through everything that they were, you know, dealing with and wanting different in their lives. And I would, together with them, put together a a protocol, you know, a treatment plan, often involving eating more vegetables. <laughs> and then they would come back to me, say a month later, and be like, "Eating my broccoli is hard." And I, I joke about this, but that was their true reality, right? They yeah, really I know. It hard. And yeah. to me, I was like, how is it hard? It's like one of the easiest things that we can actually put in our bodies when it's properly cooked, that is. And yet all these people, and of course, this is a metaphor. Eating the broccoli is a metaphor for whatever the thing is that the person needs to be doing to take care of themselves. So it could be setting boundaries in a relationship. It could be moving their bodies more effectively or at all. It could be getting the rest that they need. It could be literally eating the broccoli. And so that, that able and willing, because they were kind of willing, like they wanted to be different. They wanted things to heal for themselves, but the ability and what I really came to understand after being obsessed with this moment in human psychology, this, this choice, was it's not the actual act of taking care of ourselves that's hard. It's the decision to do so in a way that's consistent 
easy, sustainable. Hmm. I like that word sustainable in this case too. Absolutely. Yeah. It has to be something that can carry on, right? Health isn't something we do just once. You don't go to the gym just once and get buff. Like you, you have to repeat and you have to be able to show up every day <laughs> and, yeah. and create, create a habit around it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really fun to kind of talk about this concept of like habits and how they get created. Yes. Um, because is it always fun? <laughs> no, <laughs> but in order to heal, it's like, okay, so something's going on. I'm just going to say like Prozac, like yeah. it's easy to be able to say, okay, I'll give you this in order to supposedly, as we know all this, everybody listening, you know, fix the problem. Although we know it's just covering the problem. It's not really fixing the problem because you're not getting at the root cause of it. Exactly. So we actually have to step in and be able and willing to make the changes to get at the root, which is going to be more sustaining. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I always like to use the example of the oil light going on in your car. And when that comes on, ultimately you want the light to go out. And there's three ways of making that light go out. One is you can rip the light out. And in my mind, this is sort of akin to surgery. It's not working. Take it out. Right. Two, you can put a black piece of tape over top of the light. That would make the <laughs> light go out, right? And that's your Prozac example, right? That's mm -hmm. where we take things to suppress or palliate. And there's nothing wrong with those things. There's a time and a place for that for sure. Mm -hmm. But the third option, of course, is to get under the hood, look, check the oil, change it if it needs to be changed, top it off if, if it needs to be topped up. And that will automatically make the light go out on its own. And that's getting to the root cause of, of illness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important what you just pointed out too. everything has its place in time. It's not disregarding medicine, Eastern, Western. It's like it all has its place. Um, I have to say when our son was young and we lived in New York City, um, most amazing doctor, I will never forget Dr. Kliegler. Um, he was a regular doctor, pediatrician, but he was in, like you're saying, in this space of um, there was a chiropractor, um, a person who used essential oils, and um, one other person under the same roof. So when I brought him in, it was kind of like who, who it's like all in the same space and who would best, he best benefit from in that visit. And Dr. Kliegler was so great because he'd be like, oh, he, Jared really needs to see, you know, work with oils, you know, today and like the chiropractor and then I can help him with this. It was just, it was like, it was the perfect arrangement. Yeah. Creating that team, right. To meet different needs at different times. I think that is so essential in, and absolutely missing in healthcare in general. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Ah, I so look forward to this. I want to welcome the people here live. Thank you so much for being here. We are so happy to have you. Um, any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the chat box where we can see them. And that way we can respond. So, Tanya, you're going to do a would you rather before we dive in? Yes, please. So let's see. Okay, pretty simple this one. So here we go. Would you rather have a private driver or a private chef? Oh, oh gosh. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. Yes and yes. Okay. Would <laughs> I rather? Okay, here's the thing. I live rurally, which is a very hard word for my mouth to say, rurally in the forest, and I'm about 30 minutes out of town. So a driver would be awesome. However, I think the luxury of having someone catering to my every taste preference and food reactivity preference would be is going to take the cake there yeah yeah I totally I'm, agree I'm going chef yeah <laughs> I totally agree my son's always like when are we bringing it in the chef where is she I'm like first of all don't be sexist is that... <laughs> he's like I want my food done right I'm like then oh, make right. it yeah. <laughs> you're 21 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay fair enough <laughs> oh, gosh. oh my gosh but I have to say before we dive into this first question I totally swear like naturopaths like lifesavers <laughs> just have to say that not like I'm 
leaning towards one way, but as my, my naturopath has saved me on many occasions. So I can't wait to hear more about what you do and to teach other people um, what you do. So, okay. So how do you define creativity? Okay. Creativity to me is the choice that we have as human beings in any given moment to choose again and to choose differently. So it's this power that we have to think a new thought that's never been thought before or to build something that, you know, bring something into physical form that has never existed before. It is our power to change our internal state. This is what I often mean by choose differently is to, to choose a different response to what's going on around us. So we get to experience something different and do something that's never been done before. Creativity to me has a lot to do with newness. And I love the idea of these conversations because creativity is also happening on this holographic from the most, you know, minute physical or energetic particle waveform into these grander, big sort of universal ideas. Like right now, our cells are taking food nutrients and oxygen and making energy and then our cells are taking that energy and creating things like enzymes which are then creating our ability to digest our food which creating our ability to generate more nutrients creative creativity is happening all the time always and i love the idea of taking our power back when things trigger us or cause emotional reactions that we don't like, behaviors that we don't like, outcomes that we don't like. Coming back to the idea that in any given moment, we can create a new choice. Mm. As you were talking, a word that was kind of coming to me was innovation. Yeah. And an innovation can maybe feel like a daunting word to some people, and it doesn't need to be like a massive new way of space travel or something, right? Innovation is just anything that's different, anything that's new that didn't exist before. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that awareness of bringing, just bringing to light, just bringing the awareness that all of this is happening, like um, under the skin of, you know, our cells, our enzymes, our our heart is is beating 24 seven without us asking it to do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's what's happening. We're, we're like, all of this stuff is, I was talking to somebody about this recently. It's like, um, spleen, I'm so grateful for you. I have no idea what you freaking do. Honestly, I have to look it up and Google it. <laughs> like, but I am so freaking grateful for what you do. Cause I know you you're, you've been created. So there's a yes. reason why you're there. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And then depending on how, you know, what medical discipline that you're looking at the spleen with, it's going to create a different framework for how to help the spleen and how to, you know, create pathways for it to integrate with the rest of the body. So Eastern medicine is, as that spleen example looks at spleen is actually, interestingly, one of the organs that help us create energy in the body. Mm. Western medicine sees it from a different perspective. And so it creates a different way of working with the system. Very, very cute example of the spleen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, there we go. I brought that up because I actually had, which was interesting, in college, I had mono when I didn't know I had mono yet. Mm. And um, uh, I was having all this pain. And anyway, they, um, I went to a chiropractor who had me put my hand over my spleen, apparently, and did like the leg muscle test and I completely had no mm. like I couldn't hold back and he said it's your spleen I'm like what the hell is a spleen basically <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know anyway so I guess that's why it jumped into my head but one of our listeners is asking are you a doctor I am a doctor in the province in Canada where I'm licensed to practice I have to qualify that doctor as a naturopathic doctor so from an experience and training perspective, I spent nine years in post-secondary education 
five years doing a bachelor's degree, and then four years at a naturopathic college. I address myself as Dr. Tanya with my patients. I'm able to requisition lab work. We can do physical exams. We have the same language that medical doctors have. And my philosophy and my approach with my patients is what is different. So we're always looking to get to the root cause of illness. We're always trying to see the person as a whole human being, not a part. So not a spleen, right? I don't get spleens walking into my office. Mm -hmm. I get people who have complex environments that they're existing in that are creating comp you know complex stress patterns in their bodies we're treating individuals we use prevention right prevention is a very profound way of working with wellness <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not sexy to sell like hey i'm trying to prevent your spleen from uh, exploding on you <laughs> uh... <laughs> like me me okay <laughs> <laughs> yes, to answer the question, I am a doctor and and must qualify where I live as a naturopathic doctor. So maybe to explain that a little bit more, because for naturopathy, mm -hmm. um, maybe if you can just in simple terms mm -hmm. um, explain what it might look like if some, when somebody walks into your office that would be different than a regular doctor. In a really practical sense? Yeah. 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 So one of my favorite things about being a naturopathic doctor is we get the luxury of time in visits. So I don't know how it is for a lot of the listeners, but where we live to see a medical doctor, which is all paid for by the, you know, Canadian um, taxpayers, uh, you get four to five, six minutes maybe with the physician and you get to talk about one issue that's concerning you. And it's this rapid turnstile in out experience. For me, with my patients, the first time I meet them, I sit down with them for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, and we go through everything, not just what's concerning them now in their moment, but stuff from their past, so their history, both medically and psychosocially, and we put together a program together that they're going to take steps towards <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, and eat their broccoli, and... <laughs> Ultimately, we're trying to get the body back into balance, back into the homeostasis where it can function the best. And so sometimes we use diet for that, changes in their food regime. Sometimes we do, you know, herbal medicine. Sometimes we'll do homeopathic medicine. There's some injections that we can do, IV nutrient therapies, um, a whole host of stuff that we can do with patients so that their body goes back into balance, goes back into healing mode. Cause we know as naturopathic doctors that every organism on the planet has the ability to self heal. Every organism is capable of getting back to a healthy state. We just need to remove the obstacles to cure. And that's really where the new brain based stuff that I'm doing with people comes in. Yeah. And yeah. we have to put in the right circumstances for that body to say, okay, it's actually safe and okay for me to, to heal. Yeah. So this is, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I'm sorry, you can't call in, but you can type your question into the chat box where we can see it. And um, Dr. Tanya will be more than happy to answer. So um, yes, appreciate that. So <clears throat> what was it? I was just going to say, um, uh, totally got thrown off. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we will talk about this, um, whole overcoming burnout, stress, anxiety, and fatigue. Yeah. So hello. Yeah. Hello. I know. <laughs> Want that? I know. <laughs> yes. This is, this is the burnout cycle. So this is how I kind of this plays out for people. And I've been in this cycle, you know, at different phases of my life, but we're stressed throughout our day to day, which can in some people lead to anxiety as, as a diagnosable thing, or just sort of a general sense of unease that they might have, which then typically is revving up the nervous system so that sleep becomes really disordered, whether that's trouble falling asleep, very commonly waking up in the night, three to 5am is the key kind of <laughs> 
Boeing, I'm awake time. And uh, yes, <laughs> yes, okay, check. <laughs> and, and also then, to pee. <laughs> yeah, yes, and then once the, the pee yeah. happens, the brain is going ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so that leads, of course, to the daytime fatigue and the irritability. And this is when it really starts to affect our relationships and our parenting and, and even the impact that we're trying to make in our work or in our careers. And then, so that's leading to more stress and then the cycle just continues. So I am really passionate about breaking this cycle for people and changing how they interact with the people that they love and changing how their bodies are able to go back into healing mode because when we're in that stress cycle, the body is choosing uh, to create an environment in alignment to surviving whatever the stress is. Hmm. So it's trying to keep you safe in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Versus creating an environment that's about resting and digesting. And while we say rest, digest and sex versus the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in our human ways of being, we spend way too much time in stress mode and sit and take it like we're sitting at our computers something stressful is happening and we don't do anything about it we just sit there and we just it just piles on and piles on and this cycle continues and continues yeah yeah i remember what i was going to say before um like what a concept of you actually looking at as a person as a whole and breaking all of these steps down because everybody there are similarities that happen between people but everybody's stories and scenarios vary and how people handle things like you're saying things pile up and pile up some people might be like well i'm an ox nothing affects me (laughs) and meanwhile it's like a breakdown where they're not showing it where other people react differently where a little thing happens and they're like oh my god this is like you know the hugest thing um so talk about creativity i mean you are having problem solving when somebody comes to you, you are looking at them as a blank slate and listening and putting pieces to the puzzle together. Yes. And that's probably, you know, we'll get to it. But when we talk about how do I incorporate creativity into my life, that's probably the main place where I do it is creative problem solving. Like here you are at point A and you want to get to point B. What? And my mind will be like, I have 15 million options to get us from point A to point B, just creatively coming up with different solutions, different options that, to be honest, it's all a big experiment. Like for every different human that walks into mm-hmm. my office, I, the thing that's worked 99 times might not, might not work for that one person it's all a big creative experiment right right (laughs) and you have to be willing it's not saying that you're perfect just because like i'm just saying you're an expert in something doesn't mean that everything is going to work the right it's it's a science that you have to play with and yes because everybody's different your bodies are different you're your brains are different how you're talking about how the brains are wired like we're, we're not the same Exactly. We've all had different life experiences. We have different, you know, genetics play a small part in this, but really the lifestyle that we're living plays a part in this. The habits that we've learned over time play a part in this. It's, we have to kind of look at the entire picture to create the proper way forward. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I am just having a squirrel moment here. Yeah. It'd be super fun on your show to have like a score of the number of times create or derivative of the word create. Get said. <laughs> you know what? It's really funny. That would be really, yeah. If someone could keep track or if I could, because sometimes people think that they need to say it all the time because it's creative conversations and we're talking about creativity. So it's like the word gets used where I'm trying to kind of steer away from not using it so much. Not to say that I don't, but yeah, that would be a very interesting experiment. (laughs) Now we're going to be totally aware of it. Um, I do want to acknowledge, so there's a question being asked. um, What do you recommend to do after about with Ebola? It has affected my life and I beat it in four minutes, but I still have after effects. Yeah. So I apologize, but this is not a form where I'm able to make any kind of recommendations health wise. Yeah. That's something that has to be done in the privacy of, uh, you know, a visit um, and the care and attention that's required. So I can't 
answer individual questions like that in this yeah. format. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And that's, that's, this would be, I think this is Sandra. If this is Sandra, cause I think I'm recognizing, I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, definitely check out a naturopath in your area, talk to people and find out um, if you're in Canada <laughs> or if do you do things online. I can only see patients online if they're British Columbia residents where I live okay. where mm -hmm. I'm licensed. But I mean, my brain based clients are, are global. It's a whole different ballgame when I get to work with people in that capacity. So let's kind of segue into that before we get to the, seg the second question. So tell us about um, the brain based approach. Yeah. So when I sort of was becoming more and more disenchanted with people's ability and willingness to take care of themselves and eat their bro broccoli. Uh, I started seeking for, for things outside of naturopath or sorry, naturopathic medicine that could help me to bridge that gap between, okay, here they are at point A and they want to be over at point B, but they're not doing the things that they need to do to get them to point B. And I, at that time actually was deep in this burnout cycle myself and was looking personally about of how I could kind of get myself out of this. And I was using all of the herbs and all of the acupunctures and all the things that I know and would do with people, but nothing was really shifting my pattern. And it wasn't until I realized that there was a lot of sort of misalignment going on in things that I was choosing in my life compared to the things that I was wanting in my life that I was able to kind of get my own sleep back on track, starting to wake rested and find joy again in the day. Um, the particular work that helped me, interestingly, didn't seem to translate into other people's, it didn't seem to benefit other people in the way it had me. So I, while I found something, I didn't find a thing that was going to be sort of transferable. Mm -hmm. And then last fall, actually, a, a colleague of mine who's a naturopathic doctor said, oh, I just signed up for an NLP course, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I was like, ooh, yeah, that's like really helpful when it comes to marketing. I'm going to sign up for that course and become a better marketer and build, you know, continue to build my practice that way. And what I didn't know was I was going to, that I was going to fall in love with this practice of working with the unconscious mind to clear stuff that has been lingering from our past, unresolved negative emotions, even traumas limiting beliefs and decisions, using these techniques to clear these things out of the unconscious mind, recode them essentially so that our, our minds are wired for the healthy habits. They're wired for that ability to actually show up and take care of ourselves. And I just became so excited about the transformations I was seeing when I was applying these NLP techniques and this process that I take my clients through to the, the wellness decision-making habit piece. And this beautiful marriage kind of has, been, come, has be, been created. And I really feel like I'm pioneering this new blend of, of how to see the world, how to see health, changing the internal circuitry so that we're literally wired for successful self-care. It's really exciting to me. So this was kind of the missing piece would you say yeah yes yes a hundred percent yeah and it's so interesting because I have these side-by-side -side comparisons where patients who were very loyal patients seeing me for years and years and even though we it seemed like we were doing so many of the right things they would come back and things would shift a bit but maybe then slide back or and and when I became certified in this new as a, as a practitioner of this new work, invited many patients to become clients and go through this breakthrough process and to see them on the flip side of the transformation that happens in the breakthrough. I don't see them in my office anymore. Like they finally got the resolution that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's really exciting. I think right. it's, I, I, yeah, as a doctor, I think it's complacent and lazy for me to say, well, you're just going to have to see me once a month for the rest of your life. Like, am I doing my job then? Am I right. really creating an empowered place for these people to go forth and <laughs> prosper right. in their lives? Right. You're actually yeah. like here 
empowering them yeah. <laughs> and empowering them in order to go off and come back for a tune-up when it's needed, but yes. not like I have to. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. When I was looking at your website, I saw this, and I'm going to see if I can say it correctly, because I really liked how it was worded, that you're a guide from the anxious insomniac mm. to the vibrant Ener energier. <laughs> Close. It's a word I made up, so don't feel bad. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's not engineer. No. Can you please say it? Yes. It's a word I created. I love um, it. So uh, anxious insomniac, that's that person in that burnout cycle I was describing. And the vibrant energineer is the person that is engineering their own energy. So they're, they've broken through the burnout cycle and now they're actually able to, going back to that definition of creativity, like create a different experience for themselves in any given moment, choosing energy, should they choose that, choosing rest, should they choose that, choosing whatever it is, choosing again, choosing differently. I love that yeah. word. <laughs> Such a great word. I have problems saying it, but it's an amazing word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> it is, and so much about what's on your, like, uh, on your website describing about who you are and what you do, and everybody, as you can hear her voice, it's words like transformation, um, invitation, inspiration, accountability, humor. Like, this is the space that's being created. And I have to say, this has always been a really big word for me because in the classroom and teaching art for 30 years and even now into my business, um, the word trust yeah. is, is just, you have to have that. In order to have anything else, you have to be trusted in order for people to feel like they can transform, to feel inspired, to feel like they can be accountable and to feel like they can laugh and have humor. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I am just being reminded of a story when I was in my fourth year at uh, naturopathic college and I was applying to work as a receptionist for an, a naturopathic doctor. And she asked me at the interview, this just stuck with me and for some reason it just re-triggered as you said the word trust, but she said, how can I trust you? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's up to you to decide. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just an interesting question. I, I, I'm going to just show up in my authentic way as much as I can. And uh, yeah, that's up to other people to decide whether they trust me or not. It's, I found in the classroom, I guess the ways, the tools that I would kind of use, and again, in my business now, I call myself a creative inspirer. Um, trust is, I feel you have to be a good listener mm. and create that space for people to be able to not be talking at people, hmm. but for people to be able to say whether they're angry, whatever's going on, like if they're cursing you out and whatever for you not to react yeah, and start, it needs to be like, I hear you. Yeah. But not say it in a way that's demeaning or where it's only going to rev them up more, but kind of like giving them a space to vent and then listening and then providing tools yeah. um, in whatever that looks like. I mean, in the art room, I can say, you know, what I would do within that space. But um, I think that listening is a huge thing. Yeah. People want to be heard. People want to be heard. And one of the beautiful, most simple things that has come out of this new training that I've been um, doing and working with for the last year or so, just two words that can change any relationship which are, that's right. Mm. Instead mm -hmm. of a but, instead of, yeah, but, that's right. And have you considered things from this perspective? Mm. Because whatever they're saying is their experience. Whatever they're you know, communicating to you isn't just words. It's literally how they experience the world. That's our, our words actually tell us how we experience our world. So you say, that's right to someone. And it just opens up people's hearts. It, <laughs> yeah, It's like you're meeting them where they're at, right? You're respecting their view of the world. Thank you. I always say that. Thank you. With somebody else saying meeting them where they're at. Mm. It's validating. You can't take somebody from 
I'm just going to use like the, the emotion scale. You can't take somebody from fear to happiness mm. in one leap. There has to be steps in between um, to meet them where they're at and then guide them to the next space to then empower them to then go to the next space. Yeah. So, whew, okay. So, um, yeah, there we go, everybody. So, again, I want to welcome everybody here live. Thank you so much for being here. So grateful um, for taking your time to listen in. And please, if you have any questions, please feel free to put them in the chat box where we can see them and we'll be happy to answer. Um, so let's get into the second question, which is, how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Yes. So as mentioned, my idea brain definitely have wiring for solutions and it's, it shows up all the time. It's like, Oh, what would be an example of something recent? It's just, I'm constantly like, Oh, here, here, just a super benign example. My, I knew I became an adult when I had glasses, like prescription glasses and then magnetic <laughs> sunglasses. That's when I knew I was really grown up. And today when I tried to put on my magnetic sunglasses onto my glass frames, they were, <laughs> they were bent in a weird way and they weren't landing. And immediately I'm like, oh, how do I fix this? Like immediately I'm trying to create the solution for this this problem and that's just how I am wired like very resourceful and makeshift like oh I'm I'll MacGyver solutions to things like here's a safety pin and a piece of gum like and I'm gonna get the thing from behind the couch like I constantly just <laughs> and, and I married a man who is is very similar we have a very cool partnership that way that's like oh idea 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 and we just keep up leveling each other's ideas and these these silly solutions that we need to create for ourselves but that's amazing because as you can do that, God, so much you can create from there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's this really funny example of uh, uh, we did it. We were in a, an escape room, you know, one of those. Yes. Yeah. I've never done that. That gives okay. me anxiety oh, just okay, by sure. saying that. Does okay. it, do you enjoy it? Well, it is kind of fun to have. Well, it's just an opportunity to solve some problems and to you know get some clues and solve some puzzles but my mm -hmm. husband and I and then our two close friends who are also this similar creative resourceful lateral solution kind of minds we were the, the you're not going to like this but the <laughs> we started the escape room started with us handcuffed together over a bar in partners so there was actually eight people in the room the four other people I didn't know they were friends of my friend and so I'm handcuffed to my friend's husband and then my husband is handcuffed to my friend and then the two other couples were handcuffed over this bar. And the first task was to get off this bar and then solve the clues around the room to get out of the room. Okay. And we were really struggling, even with our four really awesome lateral thinking minds, we were really struggling to figure out how to get off this bar. But what we, but what we were able to do is I'm really flexible and the partner I was handcuffed to is really long really long arm span. So I was able to like get my body kind of through the bar. So giving him a few more feet to get across the room. So he's tinkering and figuring out stuff over there. And then my husband and my friend are doing something similar where they're kind of working on something behind us. So we're, we're like three steps ahead <laughs> in this game. Uh, and just being like, oh, well, why don't we do this over here while we're trying to, you know, we might as well work on this. Meanwhile, the other four people just were frozen. And it was such an interesting dichotomy for me to see the four of our brains being like, oh, well, why don't we try this? Let's might as well figure this out over here. And then these people just like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And the kid who ran this escape room actually had to come in and help us get off the bar. We never actually did solve that. And, okay. and he said, you know, you only have half an hour left. You've got however many more things to figure out. We're like, oh, we've already solved the other four, like after this one. <laughs> because we're just like, well, let's just figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so like now compare that to the brain, to the NLP, where you just like yeah. wire, like were you just kind of like making these, I mean, it's kind of like once you have this information, you can't unknow it. Yes. So it's like you look around and see everything. It's like being a hairdresser and like you just want to go up to people and say, I could really give you a better haircut <laughs> or, or oh. something. <laughs> I mean, in knowing all of this with brain rewiring and when you hear people and I mean, 
Oh, yeah. Yes. How does that work for you? Oh, it's you. It just shows up all the time. And the one of the main parts of the work is like recovering things that our unconscious mind has either deleted, distorted, or generalized. These are the three main filters that our unconscious mind has to go through for us to just be able to handle reality. Mm-hmm. Trillions and billions of bits of information coming at us at any given second mm-hmm. through all our senses. And our brains, we can't hack this, can process anywhere from like 128 bits per second to let's say 134. So the majority of the stuff we can't even become conscious of, Mm. but it's all coming into our nervous system all the same. And so our unconscious mind, it filters by deleting. So most of the stuff, it just doesn't bring into consciousness. Like we don't get to know about it. (laughs) And then it distorts stuff. So it makes things seem true that aren't true. Mm hmm. And then the third thing it does is generalize. Okay, I'm sitting on a chair. I don't need to figure out what a chair is every time I want to sit down. I know what it is. I know what to do with it. So there's like these shortcuts that help us handle reality. And I, and people use language that show me that they've deleted something or that they've generalized something or they've distorted something. Like they'll be like, everybody's out to get me. Every single person on the planet is out to get you. That's a distorted generalization, right? Right, no, right. It can't possibly be true. So it's so, so, and you'll start to hear this. Anytime someone says always, never, everyone, no one, these are them distorting reality. And when we start to catch these patterns in our language, uh, there's, you know, various ways that we can use language back to them to, to help them recover what they've um, filtered. Because mm. I was going to say, is anything ever really deleted? It just goes into the subconscious mind, 100%. doesn't it? Yes, yes. And so the deleted is like coming into, so most of the bits we don't get conscious of, right? They're yeah. they're ignored. And I always think of if you go into a room with a, a really strong perfume or something, and at first you're aware of that scent, and then eventually your nervous system doesn't tell you about it anymore because it's just still there and it's... There's other things to pay attention to. Mm. So it deletes it. We're going to, we have so much to talk about and we're already getting kind of close. So I want you to kind of bring up also about, um, I want to hear more about how you incorporate creativity into your own life, but I'd love you to touch on the aspect of dancing because I know that was a a time in your life. Oh, yes. Yes, dance. I grew up as a dancer. Uh, I grew up, I actually used to say that English was my second language after movement. That's how much of a dancer I was. I studied dance at university. While I was getting my bachelor's degree in kinesiology, I was minoring in contemporary dance. And which was a beautiful balanced education, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then nowadays, dancing is primarily... Uh, for me, it happens in the form of salsa dancing, bachata dancing, some kizomba. And that's kind of my my social, my in-the-flow time, my um, listening. I do a lot of practicing listening in these partner dances that I've been learning as a follow. I just have to pay attention to what the lead is offering in the in the conversation of the mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that with dance, yeah, especially partner dancing, you really have to be, this is not like a look at me mm. kind of activity, is it? No, it's just, yeah, it's the music, it's that person. It's, I, when I started partner dancing, coming from my background of basically learning choreography, I had a really hard time transitioning into being a follow and and I was t- taking this, uh, I was taking private lessons at this dance studio and the lady would just be like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do with you. Cause I would learn the steps and then just do the steps anticipating what she was going to do with me, which is not how you partner dance. And she actually had the head of the school who was this very well decorated world-class dancer come and do one of my private lessons for me. And he's like, you're back leading, which means that the follow is trying to kind of steer the ship I guess and I was like I don't know what that means he said why are you trying to control everything and I Uh, had this fit where I was like 
why does the man get to make all the decisions? And <laughs> How old were you in this scenario? Uh, I was like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he was just like, okay, wait, just stop. So when I'm dancing with someone, in my mind, it's like I'm having a conversation. And when I am leading something, I'm making a suggestion and you get to make a response. And that changed it for me. That was this great potent moment where I was like, oh, like we're just having a conversation. Uh, I can do that. Yes. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So dance is a conversation, making a suggestion, Mm -hmm. and then you create the response. Mm -hmm. And I got really focused. I get obsessed about things sometimes like, okay, how do I help people decide to take care of themselves? How do I learn to follow? And I, I wanted to like, study how to become a follow and I've done a fairly good job of that over the last 15 years to the point where now people ask me like can you teach me how to follow and I was like yes I can I know what I need to share with you mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it put in within that context yeah that was a that was a reframing moment for me yeah it just made me think of so my husband has done um you know a lot of acting and I would say how, like being on stage and being in a play, Mm -hmm. especially, I mean, talk about being in the moment. Mm -hmm. And if you forget your line and, you know, you flub and you totally go blank and how does that work? And he'd say, you know, you just really are in the moment and that's where you kind of have to come up with, you really have to listen to each other. Yeah. It's really about paying attention and, um, people have to work off of each other. So it gets altered and they have to be able to take it in a direction. And, um, you know, the audience doesn't know the difference if you're doing it the right way. That's right. Oh, so I just did it. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be that way. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So freaking powerful. So is there anything else that you want to touch on, on ways that you bring it into your own life? I'm constantly looking at ways to show up as my most authentic presentation. The person that I put out there, the Tanya that I put out there, I'm constantly trying to make sure she is as aligned to what's inside me as possible. And I think Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of creative resources Mm -hmm. because I think we create personas and we create masks and we create coping strategies and to really sort of release, put down the veil and show up. Yeah. It's authentically. Can you can feel kind of naked. Yeah. You can yeah. feel vulnerable. Absolutely. But it's so much better. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, much better. <laughs> so much better. It's like, you think about when someone is telling a lie and then one lie leads to another lie. That's a lot of things to have to remember. Um, Or when you do, like, as you said, put up this persona and it's not true to who you are. It's like, well, when does the persona come down and what if they catch you with it? Not you not being that way. It's just too much to think about too much. (laughs) Yes. And, and that actually makes me think of something else that I really how I incorporate creativity into my life. I'm because I believe that every behavior that anyone does is meeting some sort of higher intention or higher purpose. Even if it's the crappiest behavior around Mm -hmm. the unconscious mind is creating that behavior to meet some sort of need. And so I'm always curious, like what is the driver that's creating this? Maybe it's someone who's like really snarky with their spouse, or maybe it's like, you know, someone who's not listening in a kind way or maybe it's someone who's like overtly being a jerk mm-hmm. what is driving that behavior what is what what need is trying to be reached or met love it it just made me think it's <laughs> on sundays we have um my mom and brother come over and um we have lunch dinner and usually we make something but today we went out and uh, I have two kids. I have an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old. My 18-year-old wasn't home, but 21-year-old came home. 
And he was just talking about something that was happening and he was cranky as all hell. And my mom was trying to convince him of something. And I just looked at him. I'm like, have you eaten today? And he said, no, I haven't eaten a fucking thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, and yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, mom, just stop talking to him. <laughs> like He's having his Snickers moment. <laughs> like yeah. there is oh, absolutely is... no talking to him right now because anything is going to come off cranky and angry and just leave him alone. <laughs> Seriously. This is so important because there's this really amazing book by her name is Lisa Feldman Barrett and her book is how emotions are made and her research team have really figured out that how we react and how we respond to things is a combination of our brain's prediction based on our past and our physiological state in the moment. And so she talks about having like a body bucket of reserves. Like if your reserve is down, like if you're hungry or if you're tired or if you're dehydrated or if you're constipated or if whatever it is, mm-hmm. you don't have as much resourcefulness inside you to predict a different kinder better response mm-hmm. very very interesting work so interesting yeah and it's just kind of like as the other person as being the f- follower in a sense if you're considering the conversation like a dance yeah it's realizing <laughs> at times like before i understood this i was like why am i going down getting caught in this spiral yeah, yeah. of emotion like what the <laughs> heck is going on and yeah. i'm getting totally sucked into this vortex which is going absolutely nowhere and then when we finally learn what the cause is which yes. is hunger yes um, it's not personal it's not an attack it's, it's not completely not personal and then you just kind of disengage and but the disengaging it just cracked me up every time it finally was like hollis what are you doing we yeah. know we know what this is yeah and you created a new choice in that moment right Absolutely. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh oh my god okay so as we're getting to the top of the hour We'll dive into, say it again, I'm sorry. I said good gravy. Oh, yes. Wow. I know, right? It goes fast. (laughs) So um, to kind of wrap it up and put a nice little bow on it, um, why do you think creativity is important? Okay. Okay. Because, 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 because without creativity, tomorrow is just going to be the same as it is today. Hmm. So if we want tomorrow to be different, if we want things in our lives to be different, we have to create a whole new series of changes. And it starts with this sort of internal circuitry. We need to create a new um, a new capability to create a new thought, which then has this cascade, this, this domino effect of creating a new feeling or in, a new emotion which then leads to creating a new state, like a new physiological state in our body, which then is going to drive a new behavior, which then gets a a different response, a different outcome. Mm -hmm. So if we can't creatively make those changes, then we don't get to evolve. We don't get to grow. We don't get to have tomorrow be different than it is from today. Mm, Yeah. So the work that I do with people is to actually change that capability. That's really the part that I'm working on. And because of our values, our past emotional traumatic experiences, our limiting decisions and beliefs, we may not have that capability in the moment to create a new thought and have that cascade play out. So that's where I get really excited when my clients are able to make that new that new capability of new thought, changing the habits, like going back to that word, right? Every, if we're really everything that we do in our life is a habit, it's been learned and it's been built and it's been repeated over a number of number of years. And so changing the capability is changing where the habit begins. Changing where the habit begins. It's so freaking empowering to get to give people this power. Yes. It's, I, I, I think we, I don't know, we get so caught up in this hamster wheel <laughs> and life is what it is, you know, that whole, what well, is what it is. And <laughs> that whole 
like you said in the beginning that you know the but and then what follows that nothing good ever follows the word yeah, but i was no, it talking it. it totally does there's always an excuse there's always a reason why something can't be done after that word um yeah. and to give people these, I mean, the brain is freaking amazing. So amazing. <laughs> I mean, what, what is the percentage? I mean, what is the percentage of the brain that we actually use? It's estimated that's like seven to 10%. God. Conscious, like consciously anyways. Yeah. I mean, the brain's working under the surface all the time doing the other stuff, but yeah, it's not a lot. So the more that we can bring awareness to the stuff that's under the surface, and it's not always going to be comfortable. Yes, that's true. And, I, and I'm really blessed with this work that I'm doing now because the techniques are actually quite painless. Mm-hmm. We, when we're going back to say clear trauma, the person is triply dissociated from the event. They're three steps away from the actual event in their imagination. And there's no emotion there. Huh. No pain there. <laughs> so then, you're you're able to take them to the space. Wow. Well, it's it's an experience in their imagination that we talk them through that is not associated into the actual event. Mm-hmm. And because we're dissociated when we do the work, uh, the unconscious mind happily easily releases the charge, resolves the energy around whatever the thing is from the past. We do our trauma model technique, and within 10 minutes, it doesn't take long, the person no longer is reactive emotionally to that trigger, and they rank themselves out of 10 at the beginning and at the end of the technique, and they go from an 8, 9, 10 to like a 0, 1, 2 in terms of how activated it makes them. It gets fast, and it's effective, and it's swift, and it's stress-free. It's, a, it's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. So all these words that you just said that I totally love. Um, Imagination, disassociation, release, emotional trigger, activated and stress-free. Yeah, yeah, all that. (laughs) All of that. All at once. (laughs) See, this is why everybody, you have to talk to Dr. Tanya. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, can you just imagine, right? If you didn't have these like old stories playing in your mind, what could be possible in terms of your well-being and yeah, and how that carries through into the other areas of your life, that's where I get excited is the ripple effect of when people show up for themselves and take care of themselves, how that changes their relationships, how that changes how they parent, how that changes their kids' trajectory, how that changes their communities. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Tell people how they can connect with you, please. Oh, sure, yes. So it is tanyawinchester.com. That's T-O-N-I-A, winchester.com. If you go slash vitality, there is an opt-in form there to get a mini training, why nothing is working, why everything you're trying to get through your break or your burnout, your anxiety, your stress, your insomnia isn't working and what you can do instead. And um, I'm on the socials, although I'm I'm stepping back from social lately, but I am there uh, at Coach Tanya on Facebook, Insta and LinkedIn. And then at Coach Tanya NLP on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All the things. And I will post everything. Everything will be in the bio and all that kind of stuff. Um, but can you, are you feeling compelled to share any last words before we say goodbye to everybody? I love this chat so much. And for the listeners out there, please know that in any given moment, you, as the human being that you are, can change your internal experience, which will then have a ripple effect and change what you're experiencing in the outside world. So in any given moment, you can choose again, you can choose differently. You can choose differently. So you hear that, everybody? It's all possible. Yes. So possible. Oh, my God, Dr. Tanya, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun talking to you. Thank you. This was so fun. Yes.
Truly, truly great conversation and appreciate everybody being here live and those catching the replay. Thank you so much. I know time is precious. So really appreciate you taking this hour to listen in. Um, any questions or comments you have, please feel free to leave them even after and we can see it and get back to you. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories and connection. I believe we have always needed it, but I believe we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, so we can share this and lift each other up and just share the goodness. Um, also with my companies, I am creative and express yourself publishing, go to imcreativephilly.com, check out all that's going on. And if you're feeling, if you have a story inside of you and would like to be part of a multi-author book, check it out Invisible no more, um, go to that, my website and all the information is there. I would love to chat with you. So on that note. I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And we will be talking to you real soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits, check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance, and for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice, everybody has an expression, and I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy, and I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.